Chapter Twenty One of the Sealed Message by Fergus Hume. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Twenty One, Major Reb at Bay. But Mrs. Geary would not be silenced. Her meekness seemed to have disappeared, and she faced the Negro as bold as any Amazon. I shall not hold my tongue, Adonis," she said, drawing a deep breath. "The time has gone by when you could bully me." i have suffered enough at your hands and a fool i was to marry a black savage such as you are you how long she would have gone on in that manner is impossible to say for the pent-up anger of years appeared to break forth however gerald saw that people were coming out of their houses and sauntering in the direction of the inn unwilling that too much should be made public for obvious reasons he pushed his way past mrs geary and into the house commanding the two to follow him they did so the woman willingly enough but the negro hung back with a snarl and evidently tried his old tricks on his wife there was a scream as haskins entered the old sitting-room which he had occupied with todd and then the sounds of slapping and scuffling and swearing gerald flung himself into an armchair and looked towards the open door it was failed the next moment by geary being thrust forward by his wife who had cuffed and thrashed him into a dazed silence she literally flung him into the room and following herself closed and locked the door standing before this wrathful and gigantic she pointed a menacing finger at the black man i was a fool to marry such a black savage as you are she went on from where she had left off you have been a beast and a tyrant and have driven me to drink the drink is in me now and that is what makes me so bold wait till the drink is out of you breathed geary trying to assert himself and flashed an angry look in her direction formerly that look had cowed the woman but now she simply snapped her fingers in his astonished face it won't do adonis it won't do the worm has turned at last you have made me desperate i'll have no more of these murders and beatings and swearings i am a baptist myself and you have nearly ruined my soul but now you black dog it is my turn to-morrow i go back to my mother at barnstaple with my children i can get work to do and earn money to keep them and myself as for you stay here with your ill-gotten money for doing major reb's dirty work i could ruin you but i shall not do that still the truth must be told to this gentleman what is that asked gerald sitting up and expectant of what was coming he saw the truth in mrs geary's fiery eyes the truth is that major reb murdered bellaria it isn't the truth muttered geary clenching his huge fists his wife taunted him ah you'd like to strike me you animal she said in a loud voice but do do i dare you never again oh never again i can die but once and if you use your knife i'll use my teeth and my hands and my feet to fight you better death than more of this dog life with you her breast rose and fell stormily and gerald looked at her as amazed as was her husband never before had the meek ogress behaved in this fashion although on several occasions she had tried to assert herself but having turned she left no room for doubt as to what she meant looking at the transformed woman who had been goaded into revolt haskins thought of balzac's remark which was now excellently illustrated 
there is nothing more horrible than the rebellion of a sheep wait only wait it was geary who spoke but he spoke without conviction since he felt rather than saw that his rule was at an end it is ever thus with tyrants they browbeat those who are willing to serve them for many years and the milder the servant the greater burden does the master impose mrs geary had laboured like a horse doing more than was required of her still the negro had not been pleased and therefore had beaten and kicked his beast of burden never dreaming of any revolt but the measure was filled to the brim the last straw had stiffened the camel's back rather than broken it and mrs geary had risen to assert the right of a human being adonis blustered and threatened but he knew that never again would his wife submit to his domination with your domestic affairs i have no need to meddle said gerald raising his hand to stop mrs geary's speech and her husband's growling i think you are right to leave that brute and if you need money i shall supply you with all you wish thank you sir said mrs geary dropping a curtsey and glared at her husband the drink was dying out of her but she still fought as she was supported by haskins presence you hear that adonis i'll go to law sir growled geary you make a my wife fight you shall have more law than you bargain for said gerald coldly i can promise you that go on mrs geary tell your story she placed her big arms akimbo and spoke steadily when geary went after you on that night sir i knew he was up to some deviltry since he almost stripped himself and used all the oil in the cruet stand to rub over himself i spoke to the major that is i went in to speak to him here and ask what geary was up to but the major was gone gone echoed gerald then he went immediately after i left not exactly sir it was quite an hour after adonis followed you that i came in here then adonis came back wounded and i bound up his arm he asked if his old master was in and when he heard that the major had gone out he followed followed where i followed to the pixie's house said adonis hoarsely you may as well know dat what i know sir i ab nothing to do wid de murder i went over de hills for de major and i found him coming back at what time was that after midnight cried mrs geary it was two o'clock before the major and adonis returned and bellaria was murdered according to the medical evidence about midnight murmured haskins so you went to the pixie's house no sir i no go there i meet the major coming back he say dat he had gone to see if you sir had been visitin de house after you went from here den i told him dat i tried to kill you for i hear that you wish to make trouble for de major de major bery angry wid me and we come home den in de morning we heard of de murder didn't the major tell you that he had found valeria stabbed no sir him say nothing i ask nothing dat's all if major rebb was in the pixie's house at midnight he either stabbed bellaria himself or he knows who stabbed her said gerald deliberately and rose is this all you have to tell me dat all growled the man sullenly but de major did not kill 
valeria asked for my big knife cause she was feared did you know what she feared no sir de major he know but he no tell me there was nothing to be done but to wait and see reb so as to question him on this unexpected information which mrs geary had forced her cowed husband to give haskins slipped a sovereign into the woman's hand and walked to the door if you follow me again to knife me adonis he remarked remember i have a revolver the negro pointed to his useless right arm i can do nothing he said and his eyes flashed as he added i should like to mrs geary pushed past her husband no you can do nothing with that arm it has beaten me often enough geary she pointed a finger at him now i leave your house with my children this very moment i leave i shall never see you again you have nowhere to go you fool gal i can tramp with the children to leegarth and there a friend of mine can put me up for the night i have this sovereign the young gentleman has given me and to-morrow i take the train back to my mother i think you are wise mrs geary called back gerald and began his return journey to silbury leaving the negro and his wife to settle their private affairs as best they could but he felt certain that mrs geary meant what she said and would leave the devon maid at once she feared now that she was more sober and gerald was gone lest she should again succumb to the tyranny of the negro the next morning gerald received a letter from todd saying that he was going with arnold to belldown a village on the hither side of leegarth and some ten miles distant haskins wondered why his friend and the tutor should go to such a secluded place probably tom had found some evidence which took him there for examination of the same but his letter was most unsatisfactory as he gave no hint of what arnold had explained gerald felt somewhat in the dark however it was useless to conjecture when macandrew had done what he wanted to do at belldown whatever that might be he would come to silbury with mr arnold and explain himself meanwhile gerald possessed his soul in patience and wished that reb would come down to the pixies house when he descended to breakfast and mrs jennings entered with her budget of gossip he learned that major reb had driven through silbury early that morning on his way to leegarth he came down by the night train i hear sir said mrs jennings haskins was very well satisfied as this arrival provided him with work for the day apparently reb had seen mrs crosby on the previous day and had learned what took place from the widow or her mother and it was possible that he had come to the frederick street chambers to ask haskins what he meant by meddling with the case there he would learn that the marplot as he regarded haskins had gone on to devonshire and so had come down post-haste by the next train he could catch all this argued a guilty conscience and gerald took his way to leegarth later in the morning to have it out with his enemy it occurred to him that reb was guilty after all the day was not so hot as the previous one had been so haskins walked to leegarth he could have obtained a horse or a bicycle as on the two former occasions but preferred to use his legs the country was very beautiful and the air most exhilarating so he enjoyed the journey and arrived at leegarth without unduly hurrying himself when he came in sight of the pixie's house he felt in his hip pocket to make sure that his revolver was safe reb was a desperate man and might make an attack after the fashion of geary therefore it was as well to be on the safe side 
thus ready for any emergency he rang the bell at the big gates which were again closed and bolted in less time than he expected the gates were thrown open by the mild-faced valet of reb whom haskins had last seen in london my master is expecting you sir said the valet stepping back to permit the visitor to enter in fact sir he came down here immediately after you for an interview i have been watching at the gates all the morning how did major reb know that i was in devonshire asked gerald and received the expected reply that reb had inquired at his frederick street rooms while following the valet up the narrow path which wound between saplings and jungly grasses gerald looked hard at him wondering if this man like geary knew of reb's affairs but the mild face of the valet betrayed nothing he looked like a sheep and probably was one major reb did not care for over-clever servants probably he had learned a lesson when pensioning off geary who knew far too much the old place looked very beautiful in the warm golden light and gerald caught a glimpse of the lawn whereon mavis had danced he sighed to think of what had happened since that wonderful night a gulf had opened between the girl and the world which could only be bridged by an open confession by reb as to the truth of the murder but haskins had very little time to cogitate for the valet led him swiftly through the archway and into the house he preceded the visitor up a shallow staircase and along a spacious passage on the first floor on knocking at a door and being bidden to enter he introduced gerald into a large room with no less than five windows looking out onto the tangled avenue and rough lawns and riotous shrubberies this was mavis's apartment as gerald had been told when he came to see inspector morgan and it was luxuriously furnished so as to be a pleasant prison for the unfortunate girl bad as reb was he had done his best to make mavis's voluntary captivity endurable that is it could be called voluntary since the major had told her that all english girls were brought up in seclusion and she had acquiesced how are you haskins said the major when his man had shut the door and they were alone together in the splendid room i have been expecting you so i have been given to understand by your valet replied gerald coolly and sat down to take out his pipe you don't object to my smoking i presume reb smiled grimly no he rejoined deliberately you may need soothing before our conversation ends dear me that sounds threatening are you going to murder me or drop me into an oubliette if so i advise you to think twice about it the police at silbury know that i am here i told a young constable in the high street where i was going i don't see why you should do that said reb sharply i do rejoined the young man calmly you are a dangerous man reb and you are being driven into a corner however if you think to silence me by violence you will only get yourself into difficulties you are afraid taunted the major sneeringly oh not at all retorted haskins although his fair face flushed a trifle there is no question of that the mere fact that i come here alone is enough to prove that i do not fear you he lighted his pipe carefully and looked along the stem at his host fire away reb sat down in a comfortable chair with his back to the window probably so that haskins should not read his face too easily he was neatly dressed in a maroon-coloured smoking-suit and looked as spick and span as though he had just stepped out of a bandbox but then reb being something of a lady-killer had always been attentive to his personal appearance he suited the room very well as he looked high-bred and bland and dangerously amiable 
what do you wish me to say he asked quietly that is for you to judge answered haskins lazily but very attentive to reb's slightest movement you say that you expected me well i presume that means you have something to say you have called to see me without an invitation retorted reb so that shows you have a few questions to ask me you are right i have but you are not hospitable reb i am dry after that long walk from silbury what about beer are you not afraid of my poisoning you asked the major rising and going to a sideboard not at all you would like to so as to silence me for ever had i come here without any one knowing my whereabouts you would doubtless try to get rid of me in some way or another but the game in this case is not worth the candle the pixies house has a bad reputation for one murder major and i don't think you would care to have another committed either by yourself or your tool geary i did not set geary on to you snapped reb discomposed by this cool chatter and returning to the central table with a tray so i understand geary told me so last night you have seen him oh yes and his wife also she rather gave you away major and i may tell you that she has left her husband having had enough of his brutality the children i believe are with her i don't know what you mean about that woman having given me away said the major trying to control himself there is nothing in my life but what will bear inspection even by the law even by the law will you have hock or claret hock please and some seltzer i congratulate you on your courageous conscience major few people even the best of us can stand having their secret lives looked into reb passed along a glass foaming with the drink and shrugged his shoulders as he took up the claret jug did you come here to preach platitudes he asked cynically gerald took a long drink and set down his glass with a laugh no i came to ask you where mavis durham is hiding how should i know she may be dead for all i can tell and indeed added reb to himself i believe she is dead else she would have been discovered long ago have you any idea of her whereabouts if i had would i ask you fenced gerald coolly i stopped on the night of that poor girl's flight at the prince's head as you will find if you ask mrs jennings i have asked her already and i know that ah then you did suspect me of having a hand in the murder i fancied that you might since you loved mavis and wanted to get her away from here i hope you are satisfied with your work with my work what do you mean haskins sat up simply this that nothing has gone right since you found that infernal cylinder and pried into my private affairs reb glared if it was the old days of duelling haskins i should call you out i quite believe it but as duelling days are past you will have to silence me in another way why should i silence you because reb i know too much after i left you on that night at the devon maid you came here and i did not interrupted reb fiercely you came here mrs geary says so and i believe from my soul that you killed valeria and put the blame on mavis to secure her money reb started to his feet you infernal liar and he flung his glass at the young man End of chapter twenty one